Welcome one and welcome all. We are live this evening. Today is, what is this, the May 15th, 2016. We're here on Very Flow Upstream, number 99, guys. That's kind of crazy. As we approach 100, as closer we get, it's kind of blowing my mind that we've done this for so long, so uh, fastidiously. But uh, we're here today with an awesome cast list. We've got Blaze, Editor-in-Chief over at Crackberry. How are you doing, Blaze? Good, man. You ready to go tonight? You ready to get on this Blackberry uh this uh, this conversation, man. I'm all about it. It's made it happen. <laughs> it's so therapeutic. It's so therapeutic these days because BlackBerry literally gives me a headache when we talk about it so much. <laughs> We're also here with Alex Bass with Cyberbyte Sync. How you doing, Alex? Pretty good. Just recovering from the flu or getting over it. So doing pretty well otherwise, though. I'm glad Google Hangouts is between us to like not pass that over because I'm not trying to get yeah. sick. I can't. <laughs> yeah. I've, so I've had the flu twice and it came literally back to back. So Alex, you can keep that on your side. I, I was wondering though, like if okay, so now that I have the flu, should I probably not get sick again for a while, or does it not at all work that way? Just a little bit yeah, different strand, and you're gonna get it it's again. A different strand, and you're gonna get it again. But shouldn't it's I be some... fine for maybe like a month at least, though? No, man. No, Look, <laughs> it doesn't I, work that way. <laughs> I, I went to Arizona, and when I came back, I was sick for like two weeks. And then once that cleared up, I got another sickness of a different strain, and then I was sick for another two weeks. Jeez. It's like, I, just like, I like to try and spin something positive in some way, so it's like, yeah, negative, I'm sick, but maybe it's good <laughs> in some way, but apparently it's not, so no. I'm going to pretend I it mean, is. It, it's less common for you to, like, get a cold if it's, like, something that, like, your whole family had, right? Like, okay. you're not going to yeah. get the same cold over again. But if somebody else comes in and they got, like, a different cold, okay, there, you're going to get that cold because it's a different breed or a different strain or whatever, right? <laughs> and Nan, Nan help totally IPO'd. Nan help <laughs> IPO'd and Blaze is literally like doctor mode right now. <laughs> right? Like, how, how did we go from introductions to, like, talking yeah. Alex, Alex is the worst segue ever. But <laughs> before we get too far off track, I definitely want to welcome back Dallin. He has not been on in a little bit due to the time differences, really, but it's good to have him on, especially as he's been kind of holding that mask for BlackBerry 10 in his last couple editorials. Dallin, how's it going? It's going great, man. I'm glad to be here. It's been a while. Yeah, it's good to have a nice uh, small little crew together and have our, our weekly discussion. So I kind of want to work backwards on the topic list today, uh, mainly be because um, instead of starting the week basically with the first piece of news, I want to work backwards here. Um, yesterday marked three-year anniversary of BBM channels. Um, you know, it was funny to read some of the comments on both Berryflow and Crackberry relative to the the whole news of you know a small little update that Dallin found and then as well some of the uh, you know some of the concept things that we did for BBM channels but really looking back at it Blaze were you at you were at Blackberry Live right what was your experience when they launched channels like were you surprised by it at all I mean a lot of you guys I'm sure Crackberry and a lot of those big sites knew already that it was coming and you guys had your channels ready to go tell yeah. us a little bit about like how that was set up, um, how far ahead did you know, and were you even excited like when it first came out? Like I know Adam and you know a lot of the guys that were there were pretty pumped and amped about it. Maybe that was just the energy of the event or whatever, but tell us a little bit about your experience when you first kind of went hands-on with BBM channels. Yeah, I think we got it pretty much. I, I'm not absolutely certain, but I want to say it was probably about a week beforehand. Like We had access to um, uh, the online portal and everything like that to be able to go ahead and, and basically get everything geared up and have some posts ready for it. Um, 
of course, we had access to the uh, on-device clients, and we knew that it was essentially coming. But it, it was it was it, it was interesting because I, I don't know if you guys really remember, um, but a few years ago, I you know my time frame is totally off in regards to how long ago it was, but BlackBerry started um, basically patenting like a blogging system so that you could essentially blog from your device and. A few years went on, and I want to say like two or three years went on, and, and there was nothing that actually came out of that. Um, but it seems as though, like looking back at the situation, like when you look at those patents, and then you look at BBM channels, it looks like they took those patents of blogging from your device and basically turned it into BBM channels. And I mean, when they when they went ahead and launched it, there was a lot of excitement around it internally, but like. Adam was excited, Kevin was excited for it because it was something new and it was something different and at that point in time you know it, it was an expansion of BBM and when anything new sort of came to BBM it was exciting at that point because they were doing more things than just using it as a messaging system right so yeah when it did launch there was a lot of excitement for it um, like I said we we had some early beta builds um, that were essentially released and, and that was pretty much what the public got as well because um, um, it, it basically launched in beta status. It wasn't, you know, like, yeah, we're going to move this out of beta and give it to everybody at that point. They basically and, it, and it's it been in beta, beta ever since. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> arguably, yeah, it's been in beta ever since. But yeah, I mean, there was a lot of excitement at that point in time because it was something new and they were expanding BDM. And those were were kind of like the days when BDM was like. What more can we do with BBM, and how can we expand its reach? And, what? and this was this was right when it was going cross-platform, right? It, it they announced yeah. at BlackBerry Live as well, so there was a lot of kind of momentum rolling in. And then they like put the cherry on top with the Red Q5 at that event, and it was like, all right, all right, BlackBerry, you got me. It was a, it was such a fun kind of event to to go think back on. And I know like Alex and I got to meet you, and I got to hang out and etc. So it was, I mean, you and I had met you know earlier that year at the. Uh, that's three years. It's just crazy how time has flown. Right. Yeah. It's just, it is wild. I I really do like BBM channels. One of the things I like about it the most is that it's private. It's not on the web. It's not out there for someone to copy and paste and source me incorrectly or misquote me, right? It's this private little social network, and it really expanded on the idea that you could just have a place for yourself, right? People can find it. They can come or you can share it right through the pin system yeah. and it was something for me that it was better than something like a Tumblr or like a Twitter because that was a little bit too public and that stuff kind of gets shared around but I like that it was a mobile social network and I think BBM has that really well tacked down even in terms of its messaging it's very very good as a private social network and I liked how it was an expansion of that instead of trying to be a Twitter or trying to be a Facebook right yeah. like the like the 400 character count, I was totally fine with. It doesn't let me ramble on, you know, endlessly like Facebook does. It's not too short like Twitter. I liked some of the restrictions that it had. Blaze, I agree with that, but at the same time, I also think that some of the 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 inability to go ahead and make it a little bit more public is sort of like a hindrance on the system as well. Like, say I, I do post something to PBM channels, right, and I want to share it on Twitter. I can't exactly go ahead and like there's no immediate way to be able to go ahead and share that information outside of BBM channels. I can tell you to join my channel, you know, through the, the Twitter and the Facebook buttons that they have there, but 
it doesn't actually sh push that post anywhere else. And yeah, I mean, there is um, there is a sort of sort of like you know confinement with it that is enjoyable. You can't really take it outside of BBM channels, but also, again, that it's sort of a hindrance on the growth of BBM channels as well that you can't do that because you know you can only just spread the word of your BBM channel's existence. You can't... <laughs> yeah, you got to, like, take a screenshot of it and post it. Yeah, <laughs> Join exactly. my channel, please. Yeah, like, I think, I yeah. think that can be a strength, though. I mean, because uh, it, it kind of sets itself apart from uh, from just an, another social media network, right? The whole self-contained nature of it, the, it's almost like its own intranet. Um, and I've run into a lot of channel subscribers that don't use other social media. They don't use Facebook. They don't use Twitter because they don't want their stuff to be all out there, right? Yeah. So it's just a, it's, a good solution for them. It's just so interesting because if you look at like how Facebook has broken up Messenger versus the app, they've like siloed the two experiences off from one another. While they're, while they're semi-integrated, of course, right? They're kind of siloed off. What I like about BBM channels is it brings that into my feeds. It brings my instant messaging where I can talk to someone literally right next to subscribed content, right? Content that I'm interested in or maybe not interested in, depending on, you know, Alex has his channel still. Web Design Cheat Sheet hasn't got an update in a while, guys. I just want to let you know. <laughs> the channel was awesome. I actually found some really oh cool design advice when it first came out, but uh, Alex has uh, let it kind of slide. Uh, I'm wondering what the deal with that is, Alex. What, what's your experience with channels, Alex? Do you like it, hate it? I still see you commenting here and there. I always liked it, and right now I primarily use it just for kind of information. So, like, if Barry Flow pushes something, I get a notification. Um, I did like the, the aspect how it's similar to... So Twitter kind of has like a fire hose problem. It's too easy to tweet and there's too much going on that I'm just like ignoring Twitter now, unfortunately. Whereas Instagram and BBM channels, it, it if you put enough work into it, normally attaching a picture and maybe giving a 400 character response, it's a decent amount of work. So you don't have as much of a fire hose problem. And that's why I kind of like it. Um, I, I do think it's it's kind of weird to build a social network and hope that it grows largely because it's really a social network within BBM. So take the BBM user base, and now it could only be as big as the BBM user base. So if BBM stagnates like it kind of has, then that inadvertently is going to cause BBM channels to stagnate because they never broke it off into a standalone app. So, I mean, you can kind of see where a lot of the problems come in for growth, and even Twitter is running into tons of problems, and you can see why they're not necessarily putting a lot of money into it because, you know, even Twitter's not making much money. So I loved it when it was out, and when it first came out, I was so excited about it when we were at BlackBerry Live and they announced it, but um, I think it has its pluses and its drawbacks, and they've obviously just... I'd be curious to see where it would be now had they not given up on it so early. Who yeah, I think who says they gave it up? They just updated it, and you're like, yeah. <laughs> no, just kidding. I think totally that's part of, part of why it's like, you know, we see channels that were really, really active, and then we see channels that basically just died off after a certain period of time, and it's because of the fact that there has been no, you know, like real. Yeah, there's there's been no real update to the actual system. Yeah, we got a few things here and there. We got the, you know, the statistics online and stuff like that to be able to go ahead and address it through, you know, like multiple admins and stuff like that. But the the overall concept of it hasn't changed since it was released, and there has been like no actual bug fixes to it. There's been additions, but there's no actual bug fixes. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, 
And you know, I hate when I when I spell something wrong and I can't edit a post. That's like the most you, painful you thing. You can't edit a post. You can't delete co comments if um, you know certain people have like Cyrillic characters in their names or something like that. Mm -hmm. It just really becomes it becomes more laborious than it needs yeah, to be. Yeah, like I don't want to have to put that much work into putting information out there. Like yeah. I shouldn't have to deal with silly little bugs that should have been fixed long ago if you were truly serious about you know, making it worthwhile using, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, I, me and both Marco, you know, Pluto Mobile have thought long and hard about BBM channels. As If you haven't seen the other uh, renditions or whatever, I mean, we thought about it quite hard. What I would like to kind of go off of Blaze's idea, I don't want to be able to go to like bbm.com forward slash channels and see channels. What I would like instead is them to integrate the APIs of existing social networks, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, etc., so that from my BBM channel I can share to those places as opposed to the other way around, right, where I share you a link and you come to channels. Yeah. I still, and that would allow you to keep that private aspect of it, but still be able to share publicly, right? And then it's a, a gateway, as Dallin mentioned earlier, to then get people more excited and involved and potentially get them to build and subscribe to these channels. I just want uh, bug fixes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I'm Fix telling you. And, I was perfectly happy with the system before. It just bugs. <laughs> It's it's funny because a lot of people definitely feel that channels is just another layer on top of the massive load of social networks that we have, right? But as Dallin mentioned, there are some subscribers who just don't partake in Facebook. They don't partake in Twitter. I mean, Dallin barely has either of those right now because he wants to disconnect himself a little bit from those networks. So Dallin, tell us a little bit about that mindset and what you're trying to achieve and why you still end up you know, tending to your channel here and there. Newfangled, by the way. Go check it out. Newfangled, yeah. Um, so there, I mean, obviously the, the buzzword of, of the day is encryption, right? This whole thing with Apple and the FBI and trying to uh, get information off their phones and all of that. But it's, it's kind of spurred this larger discussion about, you know, how much privacy should we have? Is privacy important? You know, um, and recently, um, we're, so we're foster parents and so we have to kind of maintain a certain degree of um, privacy and discretion and um, recently I googled myself and um, I was shocked at how much information about me is out there including like almost my complete physical address there are companies out there now that are devoted to harvesting information about people creating these profiles about you and then essentially holding your information hostage. Like you discover that they have your information and you want to go and you want to ask them to remove that or you want to remove that yourself. So they have you log in and everything and you can see your, your profile. But then they say, you know, for a low monthly fee, you can have full access to your profile and hide this information from the Internet. And um, th so they're essentially, you know, asking you to pay money to, for them to remove this information that they've harvested from elsewhere across the Internet. And most of these companies, you can actually write to them and say, I want you to remove this, and they will. But the fact that it's out there, it's a little disturbing uh, for somebody that doesn't want to have that information out there. And so um, I made the decision to just delete my Facebook account, delete my personal Twitter account. Um, I still have just kind of a generic Twitter account out there. And I basically live on BBM channels now. Um, that's kind of my social network. Um, and there are a lot of people that feel the same way. They're, they're concerned about their privacy. They're concerned about their information getting out there. And, and, um, and so they, they want to have a little more control over that. And BBM and BBM channels 
offers a solution for those people that are that are concerned about that. It sounds like you definitely need a BlackBerry Priv, Alan. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> definitely. I, I want to jump backwards again to 2013 and talk about an acquisition that happened way under the rug. Do you guys remember Scroon, Scroon? Do, do you remember that acquisition that was done? It was yeah. never really talked about. It was a French outlet that deployed basically cohesive platforms for various kind of a, a community management, almost like a, a Hootsuite type application. Now, BlackBerry bought this, again, very low under the rug, literally right as BlackBerry Live was happening. And it seems like they took some of those APIs or some of those back-end systems and used it to build the analytics that we see behind BBM channels. My question is, where did the rest of the acquisition go? <laughs> there was a lot more that that whole company was able to do. And I don't know, you know, there was, there was a lot more going on there. Maybe, Blaze, you have a little bit more insight, but that was a kind of a weird purchase that happened out of the blue shortly after BlackBerry Live. They had APIs for sharing to Facebook, sharing to web, and I expected a growth structure similar to what you mentioned, right, where we were going to see a little bit more in terms of what was able to happen through this kind of this like uh, this this whole API backend that they had. Um, do you, it, it's interesting that they made an acquisition to help bolster BBM channels as opposed to just going out and doing it on their own. It probably wasted money at this point. Do you think those APIs and things are still available and out there? Is it something that they could still build on, or do you think a lot of that stuff is passe three years later? Well, I think it's a, a lot of it, it they could essentially still build on, and you know, even even that BBM channels update that came the other day, I believe that's part of the actual screen service as well. Um, you know, they they basically anybody who has paid attention to BBM channels, they go updated a bunch of statistics and everything throughout pretty much the past three years um, to provide people with more information. Um, the schedule posts, uh, the being able to go ahead and directly target where your posts are going, all of that stuff, as far as I know, is basically coming from the screen acquisition. But other than that, there really hasn't been any, any sort of information about what they've actually done with the rest of the systems. And... Uh, it's kind of a kind of an oddity because it's one of those things where, you know, like you said, they, they sort of quietly bought it, but never did anything. And that's didn't classic, really do anything that, that with classic, it that we know of. That is classic BlackBerry. Here's the quote from Andrew Bocking, who was uh, one of the VPs back there. He said to CBC, "We acquired Scroom because we wanted a premium management experience for our BBM channel brand partners." So again, you take this concept of building on the brand identity and having them, allowing them a place on BBM, and you have a real, real catalyst for doing a lot, but it never happened, right? There's some channels that update still to this day, like Clockwork, because they're built in to some feed that just automatically is plumbing stuff over, but not everyone has access to it. So again, if I break down the screen acquisition, there's three different aspects. There's a social media console, a first all-in-one community management solution to engage with consumers across Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. Again, just like a Hootsuite, basically. You can organize Facebook marketing campaigns for coupons, invitations, quizzes, polls, forms, etc. using Facebook. So again, really, really well integrated social media console as well as is the Socializer, a solution to build your online community in your website, your mobile site, and application on mobile tablet. Socializer basically allowed you to use this one channel, this one platform to then build out apps, a mini website, and mock applications. Similar to that kind of uh, put your RSS feed in and get a you know, pop out a BlackBerry 10 app, 
similar concept there. And as well, they had a social hub, a social CRM solution to identify the most engaged members of your online communities and better target your messages and offers. That socialized hub is kind of what Blaze was just talking about and what Dallin uncovered recently in a BBM Channels update. If they have some of that engagement uh, metadata and stuff like that in the back end, it's where there is the rest of this stuff, you know? Especially it's interesting, as, that, yeah, it's go interesting ahead. that you mentioned a, a different system for, I don't know, let's say like Coca-Cola or something like that, like a bigger brand. Mm -hmm. um, but we, we've never actually heard anything about that in that sort of way. Like even, even during the beta testing, like, that was never introduced as something as, as being usable to CrackBerry at that point in time. So it, it really does make me wonder if, you know, these other bigger, larger, much larger brands have access to some sort of, you know, BBM service that we don't necessarily know about. I'm, I'm thinking there really is. Interesting. For, for instance, if you look at Time, Time has a great BBM channel, and it literally is just a pull feed. It pulls their RSS and drops you channels with pictures and links and a little, a little bit of a bio as to what you're reading, and it updates every day, you know, multiple times a day. It's like, how is this happening? Are they, are they hooked up to a Hootsuite and it's kicking it over? Because last time I remember, uh, that doesn't work anymore. Yeah, it didn't so, work. Uh, so how is it happening? They, there's got to be a social media console out there that's not necessarily openly accessible. And again, when you focus channels on brands and engagement, you build in things like PayPal integration, right, which we already have in BBM. You get the ball turning here. There is a massive opportunity. We talked in previous upstreams about micro-economies, things in Indonesia where people literally bank and trade and barter and sell off of BBM because it's everybody's got it. It's very easy. Same thing in Africa. These, these, in these key regions, stuff like this is already happening. So imagine using channels as a more public way. Instead of giving out your personal pin, you give out your channel. You have channel chat where you can communicate with the brand or identity or, or you know the service or whatever the case may be, and able to buy and trade and sell directly through. Again, tacking on BBM money, tacking on channels. There is a massive potential, I think, to steer channels away from potentially the social networking side of things and to that brand engagement, giving it to people direct and allowing people to buy and sell as a commerce platform through BBM channels so that brands can manage their online communities in a more direct way. But again, you know, as, as some of our, our, our listeners are saying in the chat as we talk about this, there's just so many other alternatives out there these days that yeah. may, maybe it wasn't an investment place for BlackBerry at that time, right? They were very clearly more focused on going cross-platform, making sure the app worked, period, you know? And so many other things that building on channels was an afterthought, right? Maybe now as John Chen looks at some of, you know, where is our value, what's underutilized, channels is coming to light as maybe a potential thing that gets more updates in the future because it is something they have a cross-platform and obviously Android is a big focus for them as well, you know? It, it makes you wonder really what's going on in terms of channels. Is there, as Dallin mentions here in our chat, is there someone who is getting paid to update the BBM channel on their on their mobile device for, for time or is there some kind of back-end system? So it's really an interesting conversation to look back on three years and see how far we haven't come with BBM channels. <laughs> in, our, in our after show, we're going to go a little bit deeper into the, the, the rendering and the concept stuff, but I wanted to move on from here. Let's talk about Dallin's editorial, BlackBerry 10, The Way Forward. It's a really, really well-written editorial that Dallin did. Dallin, talk to us a little bit about what the idea was behind it, what message you were trying to relate, and how, uh, not logical, but how realistic it would be for some of the speculations and outcomes that you talk about in your article to actually come to fruition. I think Blaze 
uh, and I talked a little bit about this as well, and it was an interesting point for us to discuss as they kind of split focus and really iron out what they're going to do with Android, what they're going to do with BlackBerry 10. So tell us, Dallin, what is your vision of the way forward for BlackBerry 10? Well, part of the reason I wanted to write this piece was because I, I like to poke around the CrackBerry forums like most uh, BlackBerry fans do, and um, it's just it's very easy to, to stumble upon a lot of doom and gloom when it comes to BlackBerry 10. Um, you'll see all kinds of posts, you know, BB10 is dead, you know, Android this, and Android's the future, and and um, and so I just kind of wanted to put some of my thoughts down as to what's going on with BB10 um, and clarify, you know, the reason that BlackBerry had to go with Android and it just kind of materialized as I as I wrote it and and um, into this piece. But so um, I, I wanted to first of all clarify, you know, BB10 is still around. Um, BlackBerry has not backed away from their statements that they are committed to BB10 and they remain committed to it. John Chen constantly talks about it. Um, their two recent hires in devices um, have both mentioned it. Um, and, uh, and so I, I think it's important to note, look, it's still around. They still have customers that want it. They still have customers that use it. They're still selling BB10 devices. And they're committed to supporting it. And there are two um, OS updates that are in the pipeline for it still. And so um, even though there are no new BB10 devices coming out this year, um, we have no reason to believe at this point that BlackBerry intends to completely kill the platform. Um, the reason we're seeing a slowed development cycle, the reason we're seeing a slowed um, release cycle for devices, for, for BB10 devices, is obviously because they are focusing on Android. They have to go Android if they even hope to save their handset business. Look, you have to sell phones. If you want to be in the phone business, you have to sell phones. Now, they don't have to sell nearly the volume that some of these other OEMs are to be profitable, but they still have to sell devices. I think Chen has mentioned anywhere from three to five million per year, right, is their target um, to, to at least get the device, to, to at least get it stable. And so what you have is um, in order to keep the, devi the device business afloat, you have to sell phones. Android phones are selling. And so they have to go Android. And there are a lot of customers out there and a lot of people wanting a hardened Android system. And BlackBerry, it, of all um, device manufacturers, has the credentials and the history to be able to do that, to bring their expertise and their knowledge to the platform, to lock it down, to secure it, and to make it um, a viable option for their customers and for those who want such a device. And then they also have the physical keyboards, the whole design language, um, you know, they, they have all of that to bring to the table. So um, I did mention that um, Chen even admitted that the Priv was priced too high. Um, it's just, it's not selling in the volumes that they wanted. But they do have two mid-range devices that are going to be released, um, uh, at least one of them this year. And the rumors and, the, and the, the leaks or whatever you want to call them that are floating around about these devices are pretty exciting, pretty encouraging. And if they can price these phones... Um, at a decent price point, you know, three to four hundred dollars, or maybe even less, maybe on the low end of that, they're going to move some phones. Um, you know, that's the direction things are going. The high-end market is saturated. The iPhone has finally um, slowed down in terms of sales, and the, the iPhone represents the high-end market, and a lot of these other high-end devices um, are not selling in nearly the volumes that they were. So where's the growth happening? In the mid to low-range markets now and that's where BlackBerry has to go 
if they hope to push devices. So, so Android, that's the kind of the first part of my piece is you have to go Android in order to save BB10. Um, and so the way forward for BB10, um, I envision a scenario where um, we may even see a new BB10 device, maybe two devices in 2017. Blaze um, is going into cardiac arrest right now. Is I know. Blaze is spinning right now. Um, the reason I say that, okay, they still have a lot of enterprise customers, a lot of business customers that are, want the BB10 platform. They chose BB10 because they didn't want Android, because they don't want iOS, because they don't want Windows. They want BlackBerry. Um, they want a BlackBerry OS. And um, those customers, their fleets are going to be are aging already. They're, they've got classics and they've got leaps, maybe some passports. Um, they're going to be looking to upgrade their fleets in 2017. And so I think BlackBerry is going to need to address that and release um, a BB10 device or two uh, for those customers. Maybe not sell them through carriers, but sell them directly on their website. And they are setting up direct sales channels with their enterprise customers where they can push those devices directly and cut out the middleman. Um, and we, the BB10 fans who aren't business users that just want to get our hands on a BB10 device, we're going to be able to take advantage of that. So that's, that's the long and short of that. I think BB10 still does have a future, obviously very niche, very, um, you know, uh, very limited, very focused on that enterprise segment and on business users that want BB10 phones. But I think there is a place for it, and I think BB10, um, BB10 still does so many things that no other platform can do. They're getting there by increments, but they're not there yet. And um, there are many customers that are fans of the platform that that's what they want. And so I think BlackBerry would be foolish not to take advantage of that if they can get an the Android devices to stabilize their handset business. That's, that's definitely a lot to digest mentally. I think, I think Sorry, drink it from a fire hose. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's one of those things that there's some things I definitely agree with in your piece. I think for BlackBerry, there is a way forward for BlackBerry 10, but I feel like it's a way forward on a, a downward hill, you know? Like, it's, it's, we got to keep BB10 going long enough to make the transition in full to where we need to go with Android, you know what I'm saying? But I totally agree there are people and users out there who are going to continue needing BlackBerry 10 devices, mainly because the Android security is not yet there. It's not yet certified to the same level as BlackBerry 10 is. I think as well as if you look at the delineation and the, the specifics and the breakouts between the way carriers look at BlackBerry and the way enterprises look at BlackBerry, there may be a clear designation between the two. So for instance, carriers don't want to mess with BlackBerry 10. They can hardly sell the devices they already got because they're so ignorant, right? If we give them an Android phone, it's easier for them to sell. We push Android to the carriers, our carrier partners, and to our direct enterprise sales groups. We have BlackBerry 10 as a secure solution for those who are wholly focused on security and productivity. The problem becomes that ultimately Android is going to get there, right? They're going to have to build in those layers, and ultimately Android will be as secure, if not more secure, than BlackBerry 10. So, Blaze, Alex, what are some of your thoughts? Do you think that outside this enterprise realm, there's really any more for BlackBerry 10 outside of maintenance, and in those maintenance updates, is there anything more to expect than you know security certifications? I mean, are we going to get any kind of core app updates, or should they even focus on that type of thing with a BlackBerry 10 update? For instance, they update BBM and keep it on pace. Who's to say they can't do the same with some of their other apps that are core native to BlackBerry 10? 
Well, I let me just say, I agree with Alan. I agree with, like, pretty much everything that he stated in the article and everything that he just stated now. There is there is a possibility that BlackBerry could go forward with BlackBerry 10, it's, and they he's right. They do need to stabilize it. You know, part of the reason why they introduced Android, um, at least by way of the priv and whatever mid-range devices are coming, are basically because they need the money to be able to go ahead and stabilize it. And Android was one of the things that was consistently mentioned, uh, you know, from consumers that they wanted BlackBerry to do. Um, you know, I agree with that. And, you know, as to, as to you know, me rolling around about the BlackBerry 10 devices, I, I kind of agree with that. You know, I don't necessarily have quite a hopeful future for BlackBerry, new BlackBerry 10 devices as what Dallin does. Here's the, here's the beauty of BlackBerry 10, though, right? They launched four or five devices using the same exact hardware. So yeah. who's to say who's to say they don't bring the passport specs back because they already built and paid for the drivers and everything and do launch yeah. new BlackBerry 10 phones, but you know it's a passport with new new skin, you know, new hardware. It's doable, but I, I'm with I'm with Blaze that it, it's going to be a balancing act. If they if Android picks up, it's the question is will they see a decrease in BlackBerry 10 to the point where it's new, right? Yeah. If 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 Android goes up and but BlackBerry 10 stays steady. Then Dallin's, you know, way forward makes sense. Releasing a new one would keep that line going, as opposed to launching that's the thing. hardware that's five or six years old. You know. And that's the thing. I mean, like I said, I don't necessarily see that happening. However, I can envision a world where it probably would happen that they would go ahead and release a new device for over BlackBerry on, Ten over on but, Earth Two. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Earth Two. But <laughs> the problem with that is that. That BlackBerry, whatever, let's just assume they release a BlackBerry 10 device, it's not going to be for the consumers. It's yeah. not going to be for the average person out there. It's going to be a very niche device that, you know, like Dallin said, those fleets will essentially go ahead and upgrade to, or, you know, the people who, who just simply don't want iOS or Android or even Windows Phone at this point will latch on to. It's not going to be something like, you're not you're not gonna see it like end up at AT and T or anything like that. It's gonna be something that's kind of like here it is. If you want to buy it, then go ahead and buy it. And Dallin's right. Like BlackBerry 10 isn't necessarily dead from the user standpoint. And I think that's that's a lot of when Dallin talks about the negativity. It's basically that like that negativity comes from the fact that these users, the BlackBerry 10 users at least. Who, who bought into the system and stuff like that are, are not seeing any substantial upgrades. So they, they, they basically go and they say that BlackBerry 10 is dead. Well, it's um, changed. Right? It's changed from what it was. Yeah. I mean, we had this huge... It's not the focus really, anymore. It's really fast development cycle with all these leaks yep. coming out. It was an exciting time. The development cycle has slowed. I mean, this is the new normal for BB10, so we just have to understand that. Those of us that are still fans... Dude, I'm still rocking a Z10 right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. I mean, um, I'm looking to upgrade to the leap. Um, Passport for life. You, you just you have to understand the development cycle is not going to be what it was. I mean, if if BB10 survives at all, and I'm not I'm not saying set in stone this is what's going to happen. I'm just 
you know, hope springs eternal. I'm optimistic. I, I can see, I can envision a scenario where that would happen. Dallin, it's funny you say that because our first episode of Upstream was titled Hope Springs Eternal. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. And that's the thing. I think, I think that scenario causes a lot of confusion for people because they generally see like, okay, well, what's that pulled support? Facebook's no longer working. The Twitter trends doesn't function on there, but the core, everything core about the device is still a beautiful system, and it, it still is. works for yeah, those yeah. individuals who who are suited to use it. It's like it's not dead; it lives on. But it's Black Ten dies when I die. Blackberry Ten dies. When to we each all individual person, when their yes, when their yes. device dies, like mm -hmm. you know, that's when you have to make the decision. You know, when you're when you if your passport no longer boots up or you know it doesn't power on anymore, and you don't want to put the time to to fix it or whatever the case may be, then you need that's when BlackBerry 10 is dead because then you have to start looking at your replacements. Do I buy another passport? Do I buy Elite? Do I buy whatever, right? Do I buy a crib? Do I move to iOS? Do I move to Android? Um, you know, that that's when BlackBerry 10 is essentially dead, and it, it comes at a, at an individual user basis. It's not, you know, nobody nobody wakes up and their their phone is not working anymore. Like there there's not going to be a point where BlackBerry says, okay, we're no longer supporting BlackBerry 10 devices, and we're going to kill them all. So however many people, you know, you can't use your phone anymore. Sorry, my bad. It, it's funny because there's QNX systems that have been running literally nonstop for 30 years plus. Right. So our PP10 phones are going to be running long after we're gone, you know? Long but, you after know, the, Android is glitched and out. Still, is they're still going to get, you know, bogged down with things. Everyone yeah. that I know who's used BlackBerry 10, there becomes a point where it's like, my phone's running really slow, browser's randomly crashing, what should I do? Should I get a new phone? Okay, well, you can either wipe the phone to factory settings, and you'll probably get the experience similar to when you first bought it, but do you want to reset everything up? And it's like, well, not really. I, at that the point, same I would issue with every, every single mobile no, operating I, I'm system. Not, I'm, not, I'm not disagreeing or saying that's a problem or anything. I'm just saying that's kind of the thing that happens. And then the response is, okay, well, if I'm going to upgrade, what should I get? Oh, there are no more BlackBerry 10 options for, like, recent devices? Well, what should I do then if I want something and that's, see, that's modern? That's, that's where you make the jump to iOS yeah. or Android. And that's that's where the point where BlackBerry 10 is dead for that individual yeah. user once they upgrade, like, you know? Yeah, and, and, if, and if you don't want, like, BlackBerry 10 is never going to get, like, multitasking and things like that, but there people don't necessarily necessarily need that. Like, what you guys were saying, it's not really a consumer device anymore, and a lot of people actually hate, you know, maybe being on Android and just getting a Marshmallow update, it's like, why is my phone different? I want it back the way that it was before. I'm, my cousin, he doesn't like when updates come. He delays them for a year, and it's like, oh, a lot yeah, of these there's... are bug fixes and things, and there are people like that, and in that case, that's great. You can use BlackBerry 10 for a very long time, and you'll be happy, because it'll just work the way that it has. The crib owners that are upset over the marshmallow updates. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, I like lollipops more than marshmallows. What's yeah. going on? Michael! Why did I have to update? <laughs> so I wanted to move, because we're continuing to talk about you know Android and BlackBerry, and you know talking a little bit about marshmallow, we saw that BlackBerry expanded their Android beta to include BlackBerry-authored applications. This is pretty cool, right? I mean... An OS is an OS, right? It's the thing that's shooting and making the apps run. But if the apps aren't updated or the apps are still glitchy, you know, you can't really have a true 
true beta experience without really showing, okay, this is the kind of software in full that we want to bring to people. So, you know, Blaze put a little, it's funny because when I read Blaze's articles, I, I hear Blaze's voice when I read them. So, <laughs> so at the end of his article, he's like, you know, maybe we'll get a Black, you know, BlackBerry 10-esque file manager on Android, ha, 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 you know. And it's like, that's stuff people would want, you know. That Everyone stuff... ate that up in the comments. I read through it, so frustrated. <laughs> <laughs> it's it, it sucks because, you know, and it, Dallin and I were talking about this, you know, before we went on air. It's like, Android is great. Don't get me wrong. You can customize the hell out of it and make it work ex- Extremely well for you, but you but gotta go out of your <laughs> right. You gotta go out of your way to go make that happen, right? You gotta go find apps. You gotta go ask Alex, is Solid Explorer a good alternative? Yes, but please pay the two dollars for it to get the Pro Bird. You know, it's like yeah, I can jump through hoops and make it all work and make it excellent and make it you know a totally passable experience. I can even make it mimic BlackBerry 10 to a to a pretty good degree. Yeah, but it's not quite. You know, it's not quite the it can rely on it. it. Yeah, 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 and, and some people. Let alone, you know, hacking patched files and APKs. They don't want to go through and do, you know, try out four different launchers and set up their screen four different ways and, you know, change the way that they're already used to using things. So for some people, it's just as much as having to sideload something or having to, you know, get Android apps on BB10. It's some people don't want to go out of their way. You know, my grandmother is not going to do either of those things. This is it's it's really funny that you mentioned that because like it's getting me thinking. And when I was on BlackBerry 10 and I had all of my family on BlackBerry 10. Whenever I'd make modifications to my phone and like installed certain apps or whatever, I'd always like do it on my mom's phone, my stepdad's phone. I would do it on everyone's phone. And then since moving to Android, I modify it heavily. And I got to a point where I'd go, then I would go and modify my mom's phone, then my stepdad's phone, then like everyone's phone. And now it's like overwhelming for me to mirror it is like I did on BlackBerry 10 because there's so much stuff I'm doing on my phone now and now like I have an app called Greenify that every time I turn my screen off it force closes apps that I don't want running because they start slowing my phone down like there's just so much junk that I have running on my phone and it took me so long to learn it that to duplicate that it's exhausting to even think about so it's like no mom you're staying on the BlackBerry launcher and you're good you don't you don't even need to know that there's anything else there I, I love how you like it's got a workaround for Doze on your lollipop print <laughs> <laughs> I love it Alex. I love it <laughs> so what what are what do you guys think uh, in terms of like these app updates that are going to hit the Android beta program? I mean, people need to understand, Blaze. You, you weren't here on this last week's episode where we talked about it, but the beta is not over just because Marshmallow's here, right? Yeah. It's something that a lot of people need to understand. The individual apps could get updated to patch different bug fixes and things like that. Do you think we're going to see an introduction of new applications into the BlackBerry kind of uh, experience on Android? Is there a potential we might see something like a file manager from BlackBerry? I mean, on Marshmallow, there kind of is a file manager now, so is it necessary? It's not necessary, but, I mean, clearly people want it, so maybe they will go ahead and introduce it. There's a dummy file in there anyways indicating that they're at least working on something or planning something, so... You know, it, it, the beta zone would be a great opportunity to go ahead and, and give, you know, prove owners a little bit something extra to look forward to. And, you know, they still haven't necessarily ported all of their, their apps over to, uh, to Android, so there's still the possibility that they could go back and see what, were, what was the most demanded applications from BlackBerry 10 that are not on Priv. You know, that would be beneficial. Yeah. I mean, every, yeah, that's the, that's the other one. Everybody wants blend. But, you know, at the same time, you have to have to consider, like they said, that they're not going to go ahead and duplicate things that can be found already on the ecosystem. So, right. right. I don't know. Uh, I'm, pretty sure, I'm pretty sure we'll see something new come out of it. And, 
if nothing else, well, it's at least it, it's a nice, you know, gesture to be able to go ahead and offer up these, um, you know, bug fixes and stuff like that well ahead of time, and, and hopefully they, you know, fully utilize the beta zone um, to be able to go ahead and fix stuff before they actually send it off to Google Play. I mean, you know, we've seen with, like, the Marshmallow update, we've seen how many how many priv app updates there, there was previously. You know, they updated, for a while there, they were updating them pretty much every week on, like, on Fridays or Mondays, I believe it was, um, you know, to fix these random bugs that came up. But hopefully now, you know, if they if they put them in the beta zone, you can catch bugs before it goes live on on um, Google Play, right? And then you don't have to have to worry about it. Um, it will no we, longer. We want to see those bad reviews come through. Swipe yeah, not working exactly. for me. Yeah. Right. Yeah, or like is. my email is getting cut cut off, or you know whatever. Whatever Yo, bug it may be. If, pr- right? if Priv truncates another email, I'm about to throw it, man. I swear, <laughs> I swear to. I swear to 2002. <laughs> exactly, right? No, but um, definitely interesting that they're uh, at least thinking long term, right? They're thinking of uh, strategies to, again, squash everything, make sure what hits users at the end is as good as it possibly can be because that's what's going to ultimately keep people using your phones, right? If you bring it half-baked, people are going to do what they did with BlackBerry 10 and move on eventually, right? So keeping them on board is definitely something they need to do. I'm glad they're using the beta program. Maybe throw something in there for BlackBerry 10. Holla! Anyway. um, Just just being on Android doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be successful, you know what I mean? So they've got to keep doing what they're doing in order to keep people interested. So, so Sean, one of our patron subscribers, asked, "What's the best way to mirror blend on Priv?" And it's it's to uh. it's to gut the Priv and put a Z30 inside of it, <laughs> and actually use blend. You know, Air AirDroid and PushBullet are they're not even. I can't even say they mirror. And there's jo- there's also Join as well. It's, there's there's a lot of yeah, solutions. Join is complicated though. The, so the main problem is that BBM it kind of functions funky. So essentially, if you go and get a notification, so say that that Blaze messages me on BBM, then push bullet will pop up, I have a message from Blaze. I will be typing on my computer response to Blaze, but in that amount of time, say James messages me, and then I click send, it will send the message I typed to Blaze to James instead. Because it always, it always takes whoever sent you the most recent message to do the reply to. So I've yeah. sent messages to the wrong person many times, and oh, it's because... and that, that's why you ended up retracting those messages. I see. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, you play talking about God knows what. Yeah, talking crap well, about James. All I'm going to say is Alex James has is a such guilty a... mind, and I've received some nasty messages <laughs> that I didn't ever see. That were, yeah. that were definitely meant for me. I apologize. So. I won't throw him under the bus this time. I will just say he's got a nasty mind. <laughs> that's, that's rich. So yeah, there's you know you can't mirror what isn't accessible, right? BBM is so closed off from third parties that you're not going to get close to a blend type experience. I mean, even that's, file management and things like that, it's tough. It's really tough. That's part of the problem as well, is because you know BBM has been essentially a closed off system. They didn't you know go into it with creating the the APIs or anything like that for accessibility. You were you were essentially Cut off from BBM. Nobody, even on even on BlackBerry, it was hard to get, you know, BBM APIs and stuff like that. So I can just see the security crisis happen. Third party hacks, right, right. blah blah blah, and they're just probably right. like, whatever, you know, I don't even want to do it. Nobody wants it. I mean, yeah, it would be great to be able to go ahead and you know Who tap into BBM? some of that stuff. 
You know? But, you know, you don't want... At the same time, you also don't want to be reading about all of those... Uh, I, I think Snap... Who was it? John, John McAfee came out today and basically said that he cracked Snapchat and friggin' WhatsApp or something like that. It kills me. It kills me because like if I hear another Hillary Clinton Blackberry article, I'm gonna oh explode. I'm going to explode. Oh so BBM channels. I, I have Google Alerts set up for Blackberry, and pretty All much Hillary 80 per, pretty yeah, pretty much eighty percent of those Google Alerts are Hillary Clinton stuff that I'm getting yes. like articles that I don't even read. I'm like, yeah. what is this garbage? <laughs> Try to like, the politics end. It's not going to, man. They're going to be talking about that. for, And it's like, they, the way they use BlackBerry in half of those articles is like, literally to just signify she used the phone. It's like, yeah, yeah. she used the private server and didn't secure it. Uh, duh. They have no understanding outside of the fact that it was used for email. <laughs> and then, I don't even want to talk about it. BBM Channels begins rolling out stats for individual posts. Tell us how you, you came across this, Dallin. You actually use the fledgling desktop manager? <laughs> yes, actually, um, it's sometimes easier. Can you guys hear me, by the way? <laughs> um, yeah, you're, you're, you're all right. Okay, sometimes it's easier to post from the web interface than from my phone, right? So I was just, the other day I was on the web interface, and I was looking at my previous post, and I'm like, hmm, was that button always there? And it's like a little bar chart right next to the comments button. And so I clicked on it, and it popped up. There, there was no data at the time, but it popped up like this this uh, stats window just for that post. It shows a map, and it shows some pie charts, and basically allows you to see demographic information about um, individuals who read that specific post. Yep, countries, ages, genders, yeah. OSs. Yeah, and so I was like, has this always been there? And so I messaged James, and I'm like, has this always been there? And James is like, oh, I don't know. I never use the web interface. <laughs> but, you know, but, I, I use it, but I don't look at the, the performance statistics because, like, yeah, it's yeah, animals. So, Who but, cares? But, but <laughs> I just wrote up something real quick. Let's publish it. He's <laughs> like, okay. Like, go for it. No, but uh, definitely interesting that, you know, because on my end, I don't see it. Blaze, you see it on your end when you go to the desktop end? Yeah, I see it. That's weird. I don't see it at all on mine yet. Well, maybe it's, I won't it's, ever. It's almost... It's almost like that scenario before. Do you remember, like, this was a few months back that somebody somebody made a post about being able to go ahead and record videos and gift oh, from God. your computer on Blend, but... I see Kinsale like, shaking his head right now. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was there for, like, months for the majority of people. It just seems like it was, like, not rolled out to everybody, but, you know, it... Seems it seems like it's taking on one of those scenarios where not not everybody sees it at this point, which is kind of weird. I don't understand. There's been doing anything on channels or just like tinkering around. I, well, I honestly the, think I think that's it. I mean, there's been su su such minor updates, and by update I mean they added like one new feature. So we got scheduled yeah. posts that was nice. We got the little GIF maker that was nice. We're getting these little channel statistics, and like that's it. There's not been much. The funniest thing is that they don't tell anybody though. It's like if you if you think about all of these things like that have been added to channels, they didn't tell anybody about them when they were actually released. They whoever whoever they got tinkering with No, you're totally right. Whoever they got tinkering <laughs> doesn't know how to email PR and be like, Hey, I updated <laughs> It's probably someone who like in their spare time who like isn't getting paid for it is like going in and like keeping channels alive. Like he's the guy who's going in and changing the discover tab to like put new channels there and stuff. So. <laughs> it's just totally weird though. Like this. 
<laughs> right? And it's always been that way. Like, do you remember when they added, like, the barcode thing that you could create your own personal yeah. barcode? We didn't oh, even yeah. tell anybody about that. Yeah. Literally, that was, like, a huge Alex, addition. If Alex never tweeted that, no one would ever know. <laughs> right? Literally. I think he posted it on his channel, and, like, that's how people found out. <laughs> that's like the worst loop I could imagine and there's still weird things with like restricted uh, regions and like Jubei can't let thir only 13 year olds can see his, uh, his channel or something like that uh, poor guy <laughs> so interesting stuff kind of going on ticking there in the back end of BBM I mean individual post stats is definitely nice you can get that drill down so Blaze tell us why you're asking people to give your top five reasons why BlackBerry 10 is still better than Android. What are you trying to accomplish? What's your methodology? It was interesting because we saw Dallin's article hit kind of like drumming up the fire, right? And then you definitely like <laughs> threw the threw the fuel on it. So tell us like what were you trying to accomplish and, and what do you plan to do with some of this information now that you have it? Well, basically I'd like I was reading through the forums, I read Dallin's article and stuff like that, and I was just basically trying to figure out, like, why why is there so much negativity and stuff like that, like, towards, like, some of the BlackBerry 10 stuff. I'm like, there's so many users that are out there that are still using BlackBerry 10, and people love it. And I read Dolan's article, and I'm like, yeah, i got to do something about this, too. So I wanted to go ahead and find out, like, why does everybody love BlackBerry 10? Like, what are the top five things that you love about BlackBerry 10? And, you know, obviously... That set precedent for, for basically asking a BlackBerry question, BlackBerry-specific question, and chances are I'm going to put up one and I'll be like, what do you love about Android that isn't on, on, on BlackBerry 10 or whatever, right? So, I mean, I'm going to go ahead and eventually compile the, the responses towards, you know, like a BlackBerry 10 and priv sort of scenario to be able to go ahead and combine them into a into some some sort of informational piece with the information like this is what people love about BlackBerry 10. This is what people love about Android. And you know, present it in, in something that way. But honestly it was just basically a way for me to be able to go ahead and collect data like why do people love BlackBerry 10? And and in doing yo, so, yo, Blaze is worse than Google right now. I'm trying to get this data yeah. from us. Data <laughs> miner. <laughs> but, but that's the thing. Like, you know, that's how how you get good information is obviously you take it to the people who are are basically your readers and your subscribers and the people who are hardcore and comment on things like that. Like, you know, I want to know these things, so I'm going to go ahead and compile some sort of informational piece to be able to go ahead and separate the two and and basically. You know, because as I said before, it seems as though that BlackBerry has sort of like caused a rift in the community themselves because you have people who love the Priv and are on on it on the Priv and basically love Android now that they've switched from BlackBerry 10, but you still have BlackBerry 10 hardcore users that love BlackBerry 10. Obviously, we have a couple on the podcast tonight, James and Alex. <laughs> and then we have a hardcore, uh, you know... Whatever Alex is, I don't even know these days. <laughs> I I'm objective. I think I think I think Android has made Alex sick. It's not the flu. He's just he's literally being poisoned by the lollipop. I don't know what you're talking about. Wait, as soon as he gets marshmallow, his health will be perfect. He's been waiting yeah. so long that he's just like debilitated inside. I think that's probably it. <laughs> Definitely. That, you know, I, I kind of like I kind of like lighting fires. I mean. We know. Let's be honest. Things things have been sort of like pretty stale when it comes to like BlackBerry news. So it, it's good to go ahead and create some 
some yeah. really good hype at this point in time and get people excited again. And, well, and, and you know, like, eventually... That article, I mean, it, you've gotten more comments on that than yeah. any post aside from your contest posts. So I think... Yeah, exactly. You really you know, yeah, exactly. And that's that's exactly what I wanted to do. I wanted to go ahead and engage the community, create discussion, let people know, like, there are people out there that essentially still love BlackBerry 10. And, you know, anybody reading through those comments can see, like, these are the reasons why people love BlackBerry 10. Like, you know, it's all there. Everybody Which, laid out their own five different reasons. Sure, some of them may have doubled up and said, you know, BlackBerry Hub or... You know, the flow the or whatever. People, people don't understand the difference between BlackBerry 10 and the phone. It's like, yeah. <laughs> it, people do like, you know, like, FM speaker or FM radio. It's like, okay, that's not a BlackBerry 10 feature, but all right, whatever. <laughs> whatever you say. Well, 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 I, I feel like a lot of people haven't used other things other than BlackBerry. And, like, I was one of those people for a long time. I went from legacy BlackBerry to BlackBerry 10. I never even used Android or iOS. Like, I knew of them, and maybe I've played with a few people's phones. But full-time, I was using BlackBerry 10. So when you asked me what I liked about BlackBerry 10, a lot of people would come back to me and say, well, they have that on Android or they have that on iOS. But, you know, it, it's it's... I feel like that is a lot of the user base, but there is also lots of things that maybe BlackBerry 10 does the same as Android, but it does it better or more elegantly or just easier um, with the way that they implement Without it. Without having to pay for it, YouTube Red. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it, it's uh, so I, I'm actually looking through the comments right now, and there's just so many like funny ones. Like one, Google can't steal your identity. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was, it's like a last you think. Some of these are hilarious. It's like, Blaze will say, like, give me the five things, and they give you, like, a paragraph. Well, like, all right, whatever. <laughs> yeah. That works, too. That Paper works. Yeah, works. <laughs> so I put for mine, I put security, productivity flow, true multitasking, integrated BlackBerry Hub, and out-of-the-box services. Those are my kind of the top five. One of the things I wanted to touch base on as well was the fact that you got blend, like you got so much. There's like so much stuff yeah. that you know BlackBerry 10 really does give you, and you know, like people say, you know, physical keyboard that has nothing to do with BlackBerry 10. I'm sorry, it doesn't. You know, there's some things people commented. It's like, eh, it's, I will, we'll let that one go. All right, yeah, maybe I mean, maybe I got a physical it. keyboard on my crib, so <laughs> right, and I had that on my Droid, whatever, back in you know 2013. So top five reasons I prefer BB10 over Android. This one's from Dal, and his is. It runs amazingly well on so-called inferior hardware. Hub, the functionality is better than even BlackBerry's own version on Android and is more tightly integrated with the OS. Active frames, still the best way to multitask on a smartphone. Blend and the link. People, when link works, uh, link is awesome. That's, that's a big thing when it works, yes. Yeah. Managing your calendar, contacts, communications on a computer or tablet and turn any computer into your own personal secure cloud. Awesome. And then... Cloud storage services, Dropbox, Box, OneDrive integration directly within the file manager. As well, you can get in their USB on-the-go support. And as well, you can get in their uh, SD cards as well and device storage. So yep. really really good, good, really good reasons for you there from both of us. So definitely go check out that Crackberry post. It get, let's push it beyond 1,000 comments. I think that's a good tell of, you know, that's the entire demographic of people still using BlackBerry 10 devices. <laughs> All 1,000 of us represented. All 1,000. I like this and like answer. Like I said, don't, 
Don't get don't get angry at me when I ask a follow up question, which is like related to Andrew. It's only because. fair, right? You, you're, gonna, you're gonna get a solid you're gonna get a solid like 100 comments as opposed to like 10 <laughs> times that. Watch Andrew so, man, comes in. You get like 5,000 comments of how yeah. I should die or something like uh, that. that too. No, no, no. We don't we don't we don't want that. That's not cool. <laughs> no way. So John Chen talking CNN money about the saturated smartphone market. And it's like, duh. Like, is this news? Like, what? <laughs> Every time John Chen does an interview, I feel like he tells you things you should already know. Like, well, these well, interviewers are clueless. I mean, so he has to lay it out there. Yeah. <laughs> but when when people ask him, like, is the BlackBerry Pre stealing iPhone sales? Is that why iPhone undersold this quarter? It's like, go ahead. What are you talking about? Go away. Like, no. I wish I could say that. Let me let me lie to you. Thorsten would have been like, yes, absolutely. <laughs> We're seeing tremendous uptick on BB10. Let me tell you. But We've got <laughs> so much in the pipeline. You don't even know. <laughs> we just. <laughs> it's funny because like uh, John Chen reminds me of Blaze. Like in terms of this podcast and in terms of the fandom, he just keeps it real. He really does. He's like, he's like, I'd like to say that, but it's probably not true. Yeah. You know, let's be honest. Um, and, and and for me, it's when John Chen has an interview, he doesn't do anything out of his scope to excite people. You know, he keeps everything very mute, very like reserved, very like I'm not gonna overpromise and then underdeliver. If if anything, yeah. I'm gonna do the opposite, right? And 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 to a degree, you kind of want a CEO who's gonna champion the brand. And John Chen doesn't do that. John Chen is very reserved. I'm here working for the investors. Like, don't talk to me. I'm here because I have to be because PR told and, me and, to sit down with you. And like, even when like he does try and get excited about it, like, oh, I want to keep the handset business alive, but the investors might not let me. <laughs> it's always like, great, yeah, he, but you he know, always, he always caveats. Uh, stuff like that. Yeah, I think I think Chen is almost too honest for the community. Yeah, you know what I mean? right. Like they can't accept the fact that he's he's just brutally honest in regards to you how things are laid out. <laughs> you know what threw me off though, because I was watching that. I watched this two or three times this morning, and when the lady, the interviewer, asked him, she said, "So is is BlackBerry?" more secure than and like John Chen cuts her off when she finishes the word secure and he's like yes and like normally I feel like in the past interviews he's always said yes BlackBerry is secure um, but he never kind of like he just seems so much more confident, sure of it, yeah. confident in it in this specifically than ever before because I don't know when he wasn't before he got PR flack you know yeah. I'm sure they were like you can't you can't yeah, it's you can't say we're kind you can't we can, yeah. you, can't, you can't go on Recode and say, yeah, we're about as secure as black phones. They're yeah. probably a little more secure, but yeah, yeah, yeah. we're working on it. You can't, you know? If you're going to be a security brand, you got to back it up 100% and live yeah. that lie, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so they're like, you're the truth, man. Just, you, know. <laughs> you must become what you want to be. No. <laughs> so, you know, when John Chen talks about devices, Blaze has mentioned this in a couple of different articles and different interviews. He seems a lot more confident in the fact that they are going to launch two more handsets. And if you look at Alex Thurber's Twitter, he also is kind of amped and excited. He's like, yo, you haven't seen anything yet. Like, we're about to go ham on this Android game right now. And, you know, it's it's little things like that, a little bit of confidence and support on, you know, the, the, the fresh blood coming in, and as well, John Chen continuing to drive hard on his goals and making sure he hits them. I have more faith in John Chen now than yeah. I did when he first came on. I was very hesitant when he first came on. Because I looked at him as a CEO 
who didn't understand the kind of business that BlackBerry was at that time. What I didn't understand is that John Chen understood the business that BlackBerry needed to become to survive. And yep. you know, my bad, JC, bro. You know, my bad. Well, he came out as an interim CEO anyway. Like it wasn't—he wasn't even planning on sticking with it. Yeah, right. They, they just—they felt that he was so good that he had to stick around after that. But that's <laughs> part of the reason. Like, his brutal honesty is part of the reason why I think that he gets so much flack. Because, like you said, James, you, you weren't—you weren't really down with what he was, you know, laying on the table earlier. But I think, you know, there were. It, it's almost the reverse for a lot of people in the community because when he was first hired on, a lot of people were really, really excited about having this big dude with a, a you know, a great track record come in. And now that he, you know, he's out there, he's laying things out honestly and stuff like that. A lot of a lot of people have sort of turned on him, <laughs> yeah. which is kind of like the reverse of what you what you've mm -hmm. experienced because you know you were you, you were like, who's this shady dude coming in? But now you're like. Okay, he gets it, and you know others in the community are like, okay, we got this badass guy. He's gonna fix everything, but now they're more like, screw him, man. He just wants to kill the device business. And that's it's, where that little honesty comes in. It's like it hurts him. <laughs> it's, no, it's funny though, because like I kind of get excited when I see that he has interviews now because I I'm always like maybe he'll say something a little bit more, and I know that it's going to be true. He doesn't always. He he's not the CEO that has his heads in the clouds, and you always wonder. Well, okay, great. Well, when is that going to happen, or when are we going to get that functionality? Now it's like hearing John Chen just sound a little bit more, uh, you know, happier or seeming like that there's going to be more devices coming sooner, or whatever's going on with, or that they're not going to close the the handset business. Like just hearing a little bit more towards that, and it means so much more to me than maybe just the average person listening to it. They're like. Wait, it sounds like that they're closing the hardware business. I hear it. I'm yeah. like, wow. There, there's like a forty percent chance more that he's gonna. Get that. <laughs> like, it's it's funny now that like it's just the tiniest thing and it means a lot, but you have to pay close attention to it. Well, just the way he says poker. things. I wouldn't want to play poker with Chen because he doesn't. No. Know, oh right? my god. <laughs> he, I mean, he doesn't show his whole hand, right? I th he's got these cards sleep. You know, he there's some good stuff percolating. I I know that there's some good stuff coming. But he can't. I mean, he's so good at just keeping it on the DL and be like. Oh, I can't. Oh my God, you bring up such a good point. I can't wait till there actually is something big, and like just hearing him announce it or so. Oh, that that'll be the day. If that does happen in the next few years, that'll be fun. No, I, it, it does. It does happen. Like when he walks in at the Blackbird Security Summit. Oh, by the way, we just made this acquisition and this acquisition <laughs> and this acquisition and right. this acquisition. You know, and this stuff like he just comes up and says, "Yeah, like last week, you know, I met these guys. They're really cool. Now they're another part of us." Oh yeah. yeah, you remember when we bought one of our biggest competitors? Good. Yeah, yeah. we did that. You know, <laughs> we, 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 you know, we get the embargoes and things the day before. But when John Chen comes on, you know, he, that stuff he's got in pocket. Him and Marty Beard are definitely working those angles and getting that stuff done. And as the MNA strategy kind of heads to this kind of more completed state, you wonder what that next thing will be. And that transitions us really well into one of our patron questions here for the night. And I want to again get to the after show here, as we haven't done it in the last couple of weeks. You know, just with Mother's Day and you know all the holidays, Blaze being out. You know, Alex and I talking is kind of boring. Like, quite. You know, hey, hey, <laughs> you're right. You're right. So one of our patrons asked, "Why does Blaze always have to be such a hater?" I hate that. Oh, wait, that was Blaze. Never mind. Um, <laughs> <laughs> one of our actual patron supporters, Drew, he says, "Do you think BlackBerry is putting resources toward innovation and trying to come up with quote unquote the next big thing, 
or are they solely concerned with their enterprise offerings and keeping their hardware business afloat? I'd like to hear you guys' perspective on that. I have my own opinion. I'd like to hear you guys' first. Do you think they're investing in the next big thing, or do you think they're really concerned and focused on that enterprise offering and keeping the hardware business? Uh, what's afloat? the next big thing? Like secure, like the things that they're doing. Maybe five years from now will be the next big thing. But like I, I don't know. Like VR is that considered the next big thing? They're not doing shit with VR. Like I, it depends on what you classify as the next big thing. I think nobody knows what the next big thing is. That's the that's the thing. But Samsung does. They've patented that, right? <laughs> <laughs> They've trademarked. They haven't patented. Yeah, okay, okay. Sorry, sorry. Okay. So, uh, Blaze, what are some of your thoughts? Do you think what, what do you think the focus is like right now? Do you think they're putting resources away to kind of you know make a move, or are they really uh, just investing in what they got to keep the the move going? History history basically shows that BlackBerry invests a lot in innovation, but that has essentially been something that has been on the downturn for them over the past few years. Um, at least since Chen came on board, even though they, they still rank highly in, you know, registering patents and, you know, making sure that that side of the business is well taken care of. But, again, it has been on the downturn recently. Um, I think right now they're essentially just focused on, on what they need to get done to be able to go ahead and, you know, keep things moving. Um, yeah. Still, I think I, I think there's a fair amount. I don't, I don't want to make it sound like, there isn't a fair amount of, you know, investment. Blaze doesn't, in, Blaze doesn't want to sound like a hater, but... Yeah, exactly. Uh, like I said, it, the the money that they put into those sorts of things has been on the downturn. But at the same time, I still think that they're, you know, they're a very forward-thinking company. And sometimes that ha has actually been detrimental to them because, you know, they're, they're so far ahead that they release things a little bit too soon before <laughs> people are interested in them. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, it, it, I think at this point the majority of, of their concentration is going towards their focus on their um, security strategy, enterprise strategy, all of that stuff that we, we already know is happening and, and they're very vocal and public about, like, you know, when, when was the last time anybody has actually heard John Chen mention consumers, right? So... Only when talking about leaving them in the dust. And I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Dallin, what are some of your thoughts? What is BlackBerry investing in right now? So, I mean, kind of kind of tying this back to our discussion about John Chen, I mean, there's no question in my mind BlackBerry would not exist as it does today without Chen. Um, he brought the experience and especially the fiscal management necessary to, to stabilize the business and turn things around, particularly by growing their software side. Um, and so I, I, I have no doubt that he was the man, you know, for the job, and, and he's delivered on those promises that he's made him and the team that he surrounded himself with. They've they made that plan and they executed it, and um, they're looking pretty good right now, especially with the recent acquisitions and things. Um, of course, trying to rein in this gargantuan business that is all of a sudden contracting at a phenomenal rate because they're not selling handsets and they're transitioning from hardware to software, they're not going to be able to invest as much in R&D as they have in the past. But they would be foolish to just completely shut down their R&D. So like I said before, I, I, there's no doubt in my mind they're working on some things. They're working on them. But they're not in a position right now to be able to release those or, or to bring them to the point where they can, they can have a, a product that they can release and sell. But I, they're working on stuff. I, they, would have, they have to be in order to, to remain competitive 
and to look you know forward to the future five ten years where do they want to be as a company so um, you know but but yes I, I would agree with blaze in the fact that they are focusing on their core business right now and growing that they have to focus on that so that they can bring in the revenue to put into R&D so you know you, you can't you, you can't put the, the cart before the horse here are my thoughts on it, and, and thank you all for your kind of perspectives. We almost are all singing the same tune to, to a degree. I, I'll, I'll be the devil's advocate here and say my perception is a little bit different on where BlackBerry is putting its resources. If you look at the, the money, right, where the money's going, definitely a decrease in R&D. A lot of that R&D, though, was being done on devices that never launched, right? <laughs> I think they're a lot more focused on what kind of hardware they want to put out. And as Alex slides his proof, he makes the point I'm trying to make. What is the next big thing? To say that innovation is the next big thing is not necessarily what innovation is. Sometimes innovation is recreating what once made you great. And Priv does that with the slider mechanism, right? It takes the torch and literally passes it on. So I think if you look at innovation, BlackBerry will always be innovative. I think that's something that they've pioneered in the market and they'll continue to do. Are they going to be building a waterproof phone or things like that? You know, liquid cooling? Actually, I think that's a great idea for encryption. But, um, you know, the, the next big thing I don't think BlackBerry is necessarily focused on. I do think they are looking to, one, keep the hardware business afloat, stay focused on their enterprise offerings. But I think in this instance, the cart and the horse can potentially run side by side. <laughs> I think that they're going to continue being innovative with their hardware because they need to, because the value proposition on BlackBerry devices continues to fall as the perception of the brand continues to fall. I think to revitalize that segment, they really need to stay focused on being innovative in the right ways. So for instance, Priv is not necessarily a brand new form factor we've never seen before, but it brings to Android a form factor we've never seen before and a slider that really, really brings in the best of everything BlackBerry's got to offer, right? And doing so in a really nice form factor. And uh, I honestly think as we look forward to the next big thing from BlackBerry, they're going to continue investing in that. And I honestly think, and I hate to use this buzz buzzword, but it's the Internet of Things. The next big thing is not a consumer thing. It is building the platforms that will take us into the next decade. The platforms that will connect our autonomous vehicles, the platforms that will connect our city infrastructures. I think that is what BlackBerry is truly working on long term, and I think they're going to continue each year, you know, writing QNX the check it needs to continue building out and giving the support and Salesforce and you know all that that's necessary to continue to build. I think right now we're definitely in a period of growth, so that we can build on solidifying our foundation. But from there, I think the next big thing is definitely going to be on. Things like BlackBerry Radar, you know, building out the IoT side of that business so that they can continue to show us new ways that they can innovate using the products and services that we've known and loved them for for years. So hopefully that answers Apple's your question. Apple's been recreating the shit for years, so why not? <laughs> right. I'm pretty sure Beats to Go already existed. I don't know what Apple Music is, but whatever. <laughs> Drake's got views on it, so whatever. Um, that was a really good discussion, guys. I appreciate the, the, the balanced dialogue, and we won't run too far over, mainly in the after show, we're really going to be talking about you know the breakdown of what Poodra and I wanted to see for channels, but does anyone have any final thoughts aside from uh, Blaze's comments here? Blaze, Blaze and I always troll our own posts, I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> 
I think it's just uh, better when we do it. If really, I really think it's just better when we do it. If know? it's not us, it's somebody else. So why not us, right? <laughs> right. But you do it. <laughs> Absolutely. Again, everyone who uh, watches this podcast on the regular, you know, consider supporting us on Patreon. It's veryflow.com forward slash Patreon. Bunch of different subscriber tiers. Our next episode is our 100th episode, so this is an open invite to our patron subscribers who are already on board with us. If you are at that top level tier, basically if you've got a Berry Flow shirt, the invite is open. Come join us next week, hop on, and enjoy our 100th episode. Episode 104, we're going to be doing downstream, so we have a lot to look forward to as we kind of break this threshold of 100. Um, definitely continue loving and you know the support that we continue to get here. And one final point I want to make is that, you know, between Blaze and I, Crackberry, Berry Flow, the difference is the name. The focus is still on you guys. The focus is still on the community and supporting you guys. So, you know, we're all one big team, to, to be quite honest. And, you know, we're happy to have all of you as part of Team Blackberry. So continue rocking your Blackberries. Continue doing what you're doing. And we look forward to seeing you guys next week. Yeah. Yep. I was like, yep. I can't see it. My voice is not working the best right now. Anyway, guys, peace. Have a good night. Thanks for watching. Take care, guys.